0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Work of Tomorrow on Business Radio. Here's your host, Christian Tervish.
1: Welcome to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio. I'm your host, Christian Tervish, and we're here for you every Monday night at 5 p.m. Eastern, followed by replays throughout the week. Now the purpose of my show is to explore how work will change in times of globalization and digitization. I want to understand the work of tomorrow. Now mobility is one of the biggest challenges of the 21st century. More and more car companies have announced that the future is in mobility solutions rather than in simply selling cars. So the future of mobility might thus be a service and not a product. We already had a show on flying cars, and so today we will stay on the ground and explore two big service opportunities in mobility. One is rental cars, which sounds like an old fashioned industry, but really should be labeled cars or mobility on demand. And then the other service opportunity is car sharing, tackling the inefficiency of most cars sitting idle in driveways and parking lots. To understand these two topics, I want to welcome uh, my first guest today, uh, Sebastian Birkel, who is the CEO of Sixth Rent-A-Car USA. Sixth is one of the largest rental car companies in the world, over 4,000 locations. And then in the second car, uh, half of the show, I want to welcome uh, Tom Wang, who is the chief product officer at Turo, a car company that we might call the Airbnb for cars. At this point, welcome, Sebastian.
0: Hey, Christian. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: So as a German, it's always a big pleasure welcoming another German. Uh, So tell us about (laughs) Sixth. In in Germany, we know you guys are the market leader, and uh, we know you all too well because of some really cool and effective advertising that you've done there. But in the U.S., uh, there's Hertz, Avis, Enterprise, and others that maybe come to mind first. Tell us about Sixth as a rental car company.
0: Sure, sure. I'd love to. Well, um, as, as you know, um, and as you already mentioned it, um, we, we don't have any flying cars as of yet. Um, but, yeah, we, we have a very long tradition. So we started a company, or not we, but, you know, um, the family started in 1912 in Germany. Um, we are by far market leader in Germany, and, and we've been, we've been that for years. Um, and by now we're number two in Europe. And, uh, yeah, in 2011 the decision was made to move into the United States, and, uh, yeah, here we are.
1: Tell us about the operations of a, a rental car company You must have like a fleet management process buying maintaining and selling vehicles some form of a booking business. How do you think about from a 30,000 foot level as like running a rental car company?
0: Well you know running running a rental car company of course it's, it's um, it, assets are crucial. so whatever you buy and of course also for what you sell them for um, is something that, that that has a tremendous impact on on the overall. Uh, you know profitability of your company um and at the same time, also managing such a large fleet um also from a, from a maintenance perspective um, um is super crucial so I think um, both both aspects need to be considered here. Um, and when you look at our organization, how we set up, um, we try to centralize those decisions, so pre-procurement, um, but also the, the standard operating procedures for maintenance and stuff. Um, that's what we provide centrally um, through our headquarters. Um, and then, of course, you have the branches that have to carry it out on the ground.
1: The branches are typically places that you, you rent or lease and the, car, the vehicles you own?
0: Um, the vehicles, whether or not we own them, um, it really depends on the manufacturers. So, um, for some of the for some of the manufacturers, we just pure play buy them and then we, we remarket them ourselves. Um, for some other manufacturers, we um, we do have some um, repurchase arrangements, what we call them, or buyback. Um, meaning that by the time we buy a car, there's already a price agreed upon at which we're going to sell it back to them. Of course, there's conditions, you know, certain sure. mileage that we, that we cannot go over. Um, but, yeah, this is, this is the second alternative. Um, these cars will mostly still be bought um, from us, uh, meaning that they're still going to be reflected on our balance sheet. Um, but, of course, there's also some other maybe companies that do it differently. They, they lease it. They rent it from the, from the manufacturers. All these um, models do exist.
1: Now, you're one of the biggest Mercedes and BMW uh, fleet owners, I, I assume, right? With, uh, I mean, you are known, in especially in Germany, for a very high-end fleet or very cool cars. Uh, That's correct. Give us, uh, give us a sense, how, how many vehicles are there are out there, and what is the typical life cycle of the vehicle before you turn it over and execute on your sellback option or you dispose of the vehicle otherwise?
0: So, that's a very good question. When you when you look at our fleet, um, we consider ourselves to be um, a, a premium car rental provider. So, so, this is, of course, also reflected in the brands that we have um, and also in the age of the car. So, um, when you look at it, we say that 55% of our cars are what we call a PLX share, so premium luxury or extraordinary vehicles. Um, we may have a tendency to have a little bit more of European brands in our portfolio than the competitors. Um, but also when you look at the average holding period, it's it's less than seven months. So we really try to give our customers a fresh car every time they rent from us. Um, and I think they really appreciate it, too. Uh,
1: did I sense a small avoidance of the question of how many vehicles are actually out there? I, I know the number of the, the, the stations is 4,100. Is the fleet size public? Uh, it depends on how
0: you look at it. For for the you know for the overall uh, company six, it's uh, I think right now over 225,000, trending towards 250,000. Since we're still growing, you know this 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 number of course is constantly changing. And in the United States right now, you look at um, over 20,000 cars.
1: How you, how do you know, as a CEO of Six Rent A Car USA, how do you know if you're currently doing a good job? I mean they're the obvious financial measures, but what type of performance <laughs> indicators do you track to know whether your operations are running well?
0: I mean that's a that's a it's a very good question. I ask myself that every day. <laughs> we um, can um, <laughs> pair some
1: together. Yeah, great. You go ahead I first. Mean,
0: I mean i mean honestly um if your if your company um is 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 profitable um and if you're getting a positive um feedback from your customers who we of course ask um after after they've completed rentals, so there's a certain mechanic in place that every i don't know tenth customer has chosen to participate in our um what we call customer excitement score survey um so we invite them to give us feedback. Um, and this this gives you a, a lot of insight. This also tells you, you now where you have to improve. This is also telling you what you did what you did good. And um, and, and this is something where I would say, you know, if the customer's happy, um, we are financially solid and we're growing and all these parts tied together, um, I would say we're doing a good job.
1: Now, as an operations professor as I am, I was more looking for operational KPIs such as fleet occupancy or utilization rates such as average duration of the rental, There's these types of more operational metrics, what, what, what tell you of, of those will predict or do you have to manage so that the financial rewards, the net promoter scores come out positive at the end?
0: I mean, I can, I can give you a whole bunch of these KPIs that, that I also look at almost at a daily basis. The problem with that is most of the time you have to put them into context as well. So, so one very crucial indicator, of course, is what we call the RPD, the revenue per day, that's generated by a car. Now, of course, also a big role plays the utilization. Um, so if you if you combine it, it's what we call the revenue per fleet day. So the utilization on a branch level is very crucial, but this may differ from weekday to weekday, and also, you know, the week might be different than midweek and then you have overlaying overlying seasonality effects like Easter or Christmas that sort of thing um, so all of this drives these figures um, and, and also the, the region in, 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 in which you're in and also the customer split that you have for instance if you have more uh, more corporate customers, the RPD most likely will be lower than with, with leisure customers, simply because you have these big corporations that that enter into into agreements with you, uh, you know, where they where they get a certain certain price or discount or whatever.
1: This is exactly where I'm heading. I love the level of details. I've I've not done rental car companies, but I've analyzed the airlines and the, some of the concepts. I guess they must carry over. So to stay with that theme, if you take like a a revenue per day, a revenue per fleet day. Um, and you take one dollar in, in, in revenue, how do the expenses look like if you break them up, some form of labor and maintenance versus capital depreciation versus kind of overhead costs? What, 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 what does the expense side then look like?
0: Well, when you look on the expense side, of course, clearly the biggest factor is the fleet. So the fleet in itself is the biggest uh, cost that 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 we have to uh, somewhat you know compensate for on the revenue side. Um, then you have direct costs that are associated with your business. Um, so the direct costs they come from from third parties. Um, could be airports where you pay concession fees, um, custom facility charges. Um, could be online travel agencies. You know, Expedia's and 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 these uh, providers that charge you. Um, and then, of course, you have the branches itself, um, all the rents that you pay for the branches, um, then you have the people that work at the branches. Um, and after all that, if you if you subtract all that, um, you, you come to a level of what we call a, a margin
1: two. Now, that may differ- now to switch more to the uh, customer experience, so I've personally rented I've rented six cars at the Munich airport. And I'm kind of well planning, German as I am, I reserved ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I would imagine in general in kind of rental cars there's a more spontaneous market that is probably growing maybe even. There's this kind of this rent by the hour, kind of this spot market. I'm in the in the city and almost kind of there's this ride sharing market where I feel like I wanna go now towards another part of town. Public transport seems to be slow. Oh, why don't I take a vehicle? Is is that the market that you are playing in as well or are you more the traditional market of customer arrives at the airport, needs a car for two days and returns it?
0: I would I would say it really depends if you really want to be in that market segment. I can give you an example since you brought up Munich Airport. Um, you may or you may not know that we engaged in a joint venture with BMW in the past that we call Drive Now. So that was a car sharing offering, right? Um, and that car sharing offering um, is is essentially not not so different from from what we're doing, what you're calling um, the, the 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 traditional car rental business, right? Because basically what car sharing does mm. it, it leaves out it leaves out the counter. Right? Right, and you're getting paid, or you, you, you're getting charged by the minute. You pay by the minute. Um, so, w- what what is it that, that 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 really differentiates the one model from the other? We we charge you right now by the day. That's true. The moment we would start charging you by the minute, and we would try to you know make that car accessible through an app, that's that's in essence it's car sharing. So, what we did back in the days when we when we started the joint venture with BMW. Uh, we said, what do we want to do with the daily rentals? Because we would know the moment that we open up the airport in Munich, and as you may know, it's pretty far out from the city. So the moment that you open that segment for the car-sharing customers, it was clearly, on a price perspective, uh, we couldn't compete with that product on the car rental side. So we knew when we would start it that it would basically eat up all our one-day rentals. But if you look at a one-day rental, and this is also where I see that these two business models somewhat differ, if you look at a the one day rental you still need to have all these you, you you have these turnaround costs right so you clean the car after the usage um and 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 the customer who comes and and, and rents a car from us expects a, a spotless flawless car so um on on the on the on the car sharing side however um they are a little bit more forgiving they they are more they they are more looking for the transport need so when we did that we actually found that um, although we lost the one day rentals to the car sharing customers, um, we actually increased profitability because these cars, to compensate for all the one time costs that you have by renting out a car only one day, the customer still comes to your account, the, the customer still engages in the conversation with your agent. Um, the, the customer, you know, all these things um, that you would also get if he would rent it for six days, you have with a one day rental. So at the end of the day, we found that um, they are really complementary. These two products can be used together.
1: Are the technology infrastructure costs significant to go into that car sharing part, or is that something where the platforms are at the edge of becoming commoditized?
0: I can't say for others or if it's a commodity or not. What I can say is that we are massively working on that, and that we're planning um, to to roll something like that out in the in the very near future. Um, but I but I cannot comment on the cost what what others may have to invest in order to come on a, on a, on a, on you know at, at, at the same level.
1: But Though the segments we just discussed, uh, Sebastian, they are they are similar to each other. You will run them on a different IT platform because I would imagine the co- location specificity of the car sharing is somewhat different from that kind of the location fixed turnaround experience that you have at the airport. Or can you, can you just basically run this with the same system?
0: Just just imagine that you would equip every car with a telematic solution, and you would you would be capable as a customer to access that vehicle through an app, you can still go to the counter because the cars will be sitting there and they'll they, they be waiting for you. But at the same time, you could also um, pick a car you want to ride and you just get on the car and go wherever it's parked at that particular moment. And and, and that's, that's, that's perfectly integratable.
1: So you're basically turning every meter of every parking lot in the city into a virtual rental car station, right? It's a combination of the app and the car that is basically creating that experience.
0: That, that, that's where we believe um, we, we, you know, collected a lot of understanding and knowledge through that joint venture with BMW. Um, since we just recently sold our share to BMW, and we now free to do whatever we want, and, and we have that experience to know um, how you can make such a product work. Now, um, when you're talking about the parking spots, that's a very crucial. Um, element of car sharing. So, so you need to approach municipalities, cities, and you need to convince them that any car that you're going to place there actually going to reduce the amount of cars that's needed in the city because people will start to understand that car sharing can be a substitute for their own car. Um, and, and, and by doing so in the long run, you can, you can reduce congestion.
1: In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Christian Tevish, and I have the pleasure of chatting with Sebastian Birkel, who is the CEO of Six rent Rent-A-Car USA. Um, so, Sebastian, you mentioned the collaboration with uh, BMW and that kind of you, you selling the, your share. Um where is uh, wh- where do you see your position at six settings? So you use you, you basically is that like fr- a license to now go out on your own hunting on your own, or is it more like we tried it and it was not what we thought it would be?
0: No, no. We, we, we I mean, we, we consider ourselves not to be a car rental company. We really believe we are a mobility provider. Um, so so we're also in the leasing segment. We do ride hailing. And we're also going to do, you know, car sharing, however you want to define it. Um, so, so no, when, when when we sold it, we always uh, wanted to, to uh, you know, continue to offer that sort of product to our customers.
1: In the complex world of these mobility services, since you are a mobility company, uh, where do the ride-hailing companies come in? Where, they, where do the Uber, Lyft, DD, D, blah blah? Um, are they making a dent in your in your sales, or is that because there's a driver with these cars? Is this like an altogether different market segment?
0: So again, you have to differentiate, and 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 it clearly um, depends on the customer mix that you're serving. Um, when you, for instance, go to the United States, and that's clearly my expertise. Um, there, there we are right now at the airports, and we are mostly a leisure brand. So um, when you talk about leisure customers, um, I don't think that Uber or Lyft will ever be a real substitution for somebody going on vacation, right? So you have a family, they have kids, they have luggage. Um, Uber Uber just just isn't I don't think it's the right product for them in that in that particular case. Um, if you talk about um, corporate customers, that becomes a different story. So, again, it depends um, what is this person doing. Is he a consultant and is he in the whole week or is he just, you know, getting in in the morning and getting out in the afternoon? If, if that's the case, um, and I was referring to that earlier, um, then, then, then it will be very, very difficult to compete with people like Uber or, you know, other providers like that simply because – you again will incur these turnaround costs, and you need to to you know get the car clean. And one day rentals really um, are difficult to be profitable with.
1: Is a, a limousine some service something that would be outright uh, outside your boundaries, or could you just say like, well, for that consultant who comes in? Wants to go to his, you know, lands in Munich. Needs to go to Center City. Is, wants to work on the uh, on the ride right as opposed to sitting in the s uh, Have uh, have a driver. Is, is is that kind of outside scope or?
0: No, we do th- we do that too. So so the the service that we offer is called My Driver, um, and, and and it's exactly what you say. It's it's chauffeur service. Um, we do also have another branch that's called Limousine Service. Um, now this is clearly super upscale. So there you're talking about um, bigger events where, you know, um, even sometimes they, they're in need of 50, 60 S-classes, stuff like that. So we also make that work, um, but but that is usually nothing for, for, for the retail customer in itself.
1: Sebastian, uh, you mentioned uh, the, the idea of different segments a lot, and kind of market segmentation is, is, is certainly part of, of, of any good business. Uh, for you personally, when, when you came to the U.S., what surprised you the most when, when you personally or when Sixth rent a car? moved over into the US. What was the biggest surprise here in this market?
0: Well, difficult question. I I, I don't think that, that anything, I mean, one 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 thing that I really see in, in particular being based here in Fort Lauderdale is that you don't have that um, city center or you have that kind of public transportation um, as you'd be used to from from, from Europe, or I, I would say Germany in my case. So um, I would definitely say that people rely on their car much, much stronger and much heavier than, than that's the case in Germany. Um, I've been, When I was working in Munich, that'd be like 80% coming in, you know, with, with some public means of transportation. Um, so over here, it's unthinkable. You know, when, when we moved to our new headquarters, you need to have a parking spot for all of your employees. Um, it's just 99% will come
1: by car. Do you see the overall market uh, growing, stable, shrinking, or just diversifying, segmenting more into the different mobility solutions that we talked about earlier on?
0: I mean, for me, again, talking about the United States, um, I I clearly have to say that we are still in a very – we're in growth mode, right? So, So we've been growing over the last six years. Um and, and, and we we're still continuing to do so. So no matter what struggles other may have, we are right now at a at a tiny market share of, you know, one to two percent. Um and, and, and we want to change that. So so for us there's still so much potential in, in, in the biggest car rental market in the world, um that, that right now I you know if if you would say how is Uber affecting that and 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 again, going back to what I just said, that might affect the corporate travelers a little um if you haven't even tapped into that segment yet, it doesn't affect you as much, and I still see a lot of potential for us and opportunities to move into these segments still
1: so for you, it's an awareness and a share game primarily
0: right right now, yes, yes, and it's and it's also frankly since 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 you mentioned you know that that we have that big mother company in Europe, and, and, and we have the financial power. It's really about how can we make that growth work, and that's all about finding the right people, attracting the right talent, you know, and getting them on board.
1: Now, I mentioned in my introduction uh, the German advertising success that you had that certainly helped with awareness. Since you have an awareness challenge here in the U.S., uh, tell maybe our listeners first of how you'll be one of the things that you're famous for in Germany when it comes to advertising.
0: Oh I think it's um it's it's always being a little bit provocative if you know what I mean so so I um, I know
1: but our th- listeners don't give <laughs> us, give us uh, some of the provocative examples
0: Oh uh, a provocative okay so so if you think about for instance our chancellor Angela Merkel That's um, the one I had um, so, in mind yes <laughs> Yeah yeah so 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 she was very how to say famous for her for her haircut um, or the other way around, so people were making making i don 't want to say fun of it, but but you know it, 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 it may not have been um, the most appealing haircut she ever had, so you know it, it was going through the press and so so we put out an advertising saying, you know if you want to have a new haircut, just rent a, just rent a convertible from us, and then you saw you know a before and after picture with her you know ones with that haircut and the other side, her hairs going all crazy because of the carrier of of, of, the, of the convertible you know. So, so this is just one example, um, and, and there's tons of that stuff out there that, that we did in the past. And, 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 and frankly, also, like you said, too, in the beginning, um, when, when I was conducting interviews in, in Germany, like years ago, when I was still working over there, people would come to me and say, you know, oh, I've, I've seen your advertisement, and it's so cool, you know, and, and, and this is why I applied here. And so this is really something that we need to establish in the United States, too.
1: Speaking of the Angela Merkel uh, hair story that you had, uh, I mean, I, I noticed. I uh, cannot resist, but this country is uh, governed by somebody who's always also famous for, the, uh, for his hair. Isn't that an opportunity for you?
0: Ah, uh, Chris, you know the the problem with that is. Um, uh, I don't want to get you, you into know. trouble, Sebastian. You, you never, you never know what's com- going to come out of that, right? So um, but let's 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 leave, let's it, like leave that. it at that. Um,
1: <laughs> so what is uh, what is next for rental cars? So we talked about your your, your homework, if you will, in the United States uh, share and recog- brand recognition. Um, if you fast forward uh, another ten years, if you think about these two segments that we talked about, the leisure traveler, the you know the family with maybe two or three small children landing in Munich, they want to go down to Kitzbühel or somewhere down in the Alps, um, and then the other use case being the kind of the McKinsey consultant who lands. Uh, in Frankfurt has to go out uh, to, to the banking area and just needs a car maybe for a day or two. Um, how are these two segments going to look different in uh, in five or ten years from now?
0: Well, first and foremost, what, what we're doing right now, and again, I, I, I mostly want to talk about the United States in, 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 in the show, um, we, we we started um, at all the major airports, right? So, From the 30 biggest airports right now, we're in 17, and, and we plan to open during the course of this year f- a few more. Um, and the idea behind is really to, to to get a network first, um, and and then. Um tapping into the into the corporate segment, because of course, the moment that you approach these people um they they just don't want to have a car when you know some of their employees land in Detroit or in in South Florida they also want to have a car when they get to wherever you know San Francisco or something so um, what we're doing right now is you know we're creating that network um and 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 after that um, i I truly believe that we can also start working on the corporate side um, so if you if you're talking about the mix of that um In in, in more mature markets where we are present, we see a more or less like 50-50 mix between leisure and corporate, and I think that's also a very healthy uh, combination because from the metrics that I was referring to earlier – um, think about it. The the, the the guys on corporate travel, they usually use the car midweek, um, and, and, and if you have a very leisure-centric organization like I do right now, um, you're going to have, or you're going to run out of cars over the weekend, because most people just arrive on the weekend, um, they not all take it for a whole week, um, so you're know you you're running out of cars over the weekends, um, whereas opposed, usually um, car rental companies will tell you that they have um, a, an availability problem more like midweek or or a trough of, of you know available cars in, in midweek
1: says sebastian Birkel, the ceo of six rent a car usa thank you sebastian
0: christian thank you very much for having me on the show
1: We need to take a short break now. When I come back, I will talk uh, with our second guest today, uh, Tom Wang, who is the chief product officer at Turo, a company that we might call the Airbnb for cars. You're listening to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio. I'm Christian Tavish. Stay tuned.
0: For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio
1: Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.